0: Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 438 of the JV Club with my very busy, very cool guest, Natasha Pearl Hansen. She is a wonderful comedian and I would say entrepreneur uh, and has done some very cool stuff lately, including her podcast, Future Role Model, her comedy special, Why I Canceled My Wedding and the very cool and very inspired Breakup Registry. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I will talk to you all soon. Well, I am delighted to have you on the podcast. This feels like a, a yeah. total, natural... I mean, listen, anything anything called future role model, I think we both know <laughs> that that's going to slide right in very nicely with my obsession with teenage years. So yeah. we, have, we, have, we basically have the past, present, and future covered between the two of us.
1: My gosh, exactly. I, and that title just came about so naturally a few years ago because I was like, oh, what would I consider myself? Yes. Uh, future role model. <laughs> a few, a future I'm, giving myself, good. I'm both giving
0: myself a compliment and room to grow and also permission to maybe not be a role model right now. It's great.
1: And, and ability to have failed and be okay with exactly. it. Exactly.
0: So. Which by the way is so huge. I mean were you one of those kids that like me felt like I failure was not an option even though I did not have parents who were like failure is not an option. Like somehow that was internal or something. Yeah. I didn't
1: have parents like that either. I was an only kid. Me too. Um, so mm-hmm. really <laughs> it's well, well coming well. together.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, they they only had me to deal with and nobody to compare me to, which was kind of nice. Yeah. Um but yes, I always kind of made that a thing for myself. By nature I just wanted to be good at school. By nature I wanted to be social. Um that was all for me. I just wanted to, and not com- not competitive against other people,
0: just yeah, myself. Really hard on you. I that's that's one of those things where, like astrology, okay, it's not it's not as like out there as astrology is to some people. But anything that you can ascribe like a category to, you can then attribute that like. You could be a middle child and we'd be like, hey, it must be a middle child thing. Or you could be the oldest and we'd be like, right. must be the oldest child. We don't know. But because we're both we only children, I'm inclined to, and we both have that, <laughs> I'm inclined to say like, oh, maybe that is. Because I do feel like I have, a, I feel a, a sense of competitiveness, but it's not particularly pointed outward either. So I wonder if right. that is kind of like a just, just, just weighing against myself and the better person I thought I could be or something <laughs>
1: It's just it's hard to say because we only know what we had. Yeah. So exactly we only right. can experience that. So yeah. I don't know what it's like to have siblings. You don't know what it's like to have siblings and other people kind of take that role for you. Yeah. Um and I guess I realized early on if I was going to be competitive against my friends in, in an unhealthy way that I would just be cranky and unhappy. So oh God, it's
0: the worst feeling. <laughs> that feeling is the worst. There are fewer fe- I mean I would say that that dread and envy are like my two worst feelings. Yeah, absolutely. They're terrible. They feel, I mean, it's just a gross feeling and I'm so glad that my my immediate response is, to that feeling is, how can I push past this as quickly as possible because I don't want to stay in this place. It feels right. so pointless and and toxic, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's the problem with social media and stuff. You know, I see this happen to a lot of people and it happens to all of us at some point where you're like, you, you have that thought whether you say it or not or do anything about it where you're like, that person shouldn't be. And then you're like, what am I doing? That doesn't affect me at all. Yes, Um, indeed. That scarcity mentality, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, You know, you can really just take control of whatever you want if you decide. No, you're (laughs) so so
0: right. And the scarcity thing is something that is so drilled into us in other aspects of our lives, including work, you know, but like as Americans. Especially in entertainment. Yeah, and like just (laughs) advertising. Like, oh, all advertising is is finding ways to make you feel like you very much need something that you don't have, or you need more of a thing that you maybe already have. So if if all of those messages coming at you all the time are like, better grab something, better get it, you better have Mm -hmm. it, is like, how is that not going to creep its way into our unconscious too, you know? Even so
1: much more worse now, because there is actual scarcity <laughs> in some ways. So like everybody is kind of losing yeah. it. And it's, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say that I shouldn't say everybody's losing it, but, um, in a way, it I mean, in a like larger it. sense, it I feel like it. Like it yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, you know, just, it's just something you have to constantly be on top of and combating and, and remind yourself, it's not even reminding yourself. You just have to genuinely find a place in your heart to be excited for other people's success. Yeah. Um, Generally, when you start to do that, is when you start to find success in yourself. Yeah. Or you're at least looking for it. You're more in tune with noticing it than, yeah. Yeah. you know. That's
0: a great point. I, you know, you, you just said, th- 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 I love that you stopped yourself with reminding ourselves because I feel like sometimes the reminding ourselves is like the placeholder for the real feeling. Like it's, it's not as far genuine. as we go. Yeah. yeah. And I was just listening to Dan Tversky's, um, nine twelve podcast. You know, he did this podcast that it's unfortunately behind a paywall, which really bums me out. But um it's he's he did a, a podcast sort of about collecting a bunch of kind of nine eleven related stories, not so much about the day of, but about the idea of nine eleven and how it has how it has informed so many things in our lives since. And, huh. you know, from one one episode is, you know, him talking to somebody who ended up, a, an American who converted to radical Islam and then back again. And a girl in a totally different place, totally different part of her life, who immediately joined the military, even though she had never thought about that a day in her life until nine eleven, mm-hmm. And then yeah. she came back around. So they're both sort of in the exact same place now, even though they both... Like slingshot to the very far extremes of, of interesting either side, quote unquote side of nine eleven, but yeah. one of the things that he is talks about in one episode is this like. Uh, you have to laugh because it's so absurd, but like commercials, like you know, nine eleven commemorative coins. Always remember to never forget to remind yourself not to forget what can't be forgotten. And like this <laughs> is, is like all this weird, like clumsy word salad rhetoric around the commercialism well, of nine eleven. And he's uh, like, what yeah. am I? Like let what? <laughs> like what are we? What are we reminding ourselves to never forget? Like just the sort of vagueness yeah. of that. That's what it reminded me of when you when you said that, which I thought was like such a great moment to catch and go. No, <laughs> actually, it's, it has to be real. It has to be real. It can't just yeah. be like a thing. You go remember, Janet. You shouldn't. Da da da. It has to be like I need to Ugh. sit further into the to the positivity of that. You know.
1: Right. Yeah. And try to catch my words if they're coming out of me wrong. It doesn't always work. But
0: <laughs> Well, I don't even think it's I mean like the... I, I wouldn't even say it was wrong. It was just cool <laughs> that you identify feeling like, you know what? I want to be more specific than even yeah. saying that. I want to take it into a more specific place because I love that. Well
1: I think we can all feel when we're practicing actual gratitude versus trying to to be grateful. I mean, it's, it just feels icky when you're trying to be like, oh, I need to be thankful. Oh, I need to be, just be that, you know, just be thankful. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's so much easier than like perseverating on the thankfulness. Yeah. Trying to to be thankful
0: sounds like the most bitter (laughs) thing you could do with respect to gratitude. Like we've all been there. We've all been there, but it really is. It feels like you're, you're just doing the opposite of what mm-hmm. you were supposed to be doing. You know, it's like, right. don't think of an elephant in the room. Don't think of the elephant, you know. Oh, I'm so yeah. grateful. I'm grateful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and again, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm obviously speaking from a place of always working on this type of thing myself. But yeah, same. Um, yeah, we just try our best. And it's funny that you mentioned the 9-11, not funny, like, ha-ha. But um, I was talking with some friends about this the other day about... Uh, how people commemorate things like that and make money off of them. Doesn't yeah. that just make you upset? It's just. <laughs> In some ways, oh, you're like, like, buy these coins I or buy know. this memorabilia. And like, who's getting that though? I know. Are we giving that to the people that should be getting it? I
0: seriously doubt it.
1: No, definitely <laughs> I not. I seriously but... doubt it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's. America finds a way America finds a way it really to, does yeah create <laughs> uh, commercialize just about anything uh I see a beautiful view in the background are you yes. in New York right now or are you No, are you? I'm actually in Madison Wisconsin oh mad I listen I was about to say Matt I I was about to say Madison with the kind of fondness you could only <laughs> express if you'd if you'd been there <laughs> oh, I Madison any time in Madison except I flew into Madison thinking I was going to a Comic Con appearance in Madison and I only said yes because I've always wanted to go to Madison I was so excited yeah. and then it was at the Dells Wisconsin Dells Oh yeah, do you know where that is? And so yeah. I was like, "Here I am bit north. in Madison," and they were like, "Hop in the van." And then, <laughs> and then I was like, "I never saw Madison, but I, but I have the kind of affection for Madison that I that you can only that you should only have if you've been there." But I just it's have great so many place. friends from there. I love the sense of humor. I love, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. I just love it all. So, how are yeah. you from
1: Madison? I was born and raised here. I was born here and then raised nearby. Okay. And over the pandemic, I kind of split time between LA and this area because, um, you know, I just wanted to be with my family before the pandemic started. I had gone through like a really big breakup. And so... There was just oh, a Thank of God you reasons. got that out of the way. Thank
0: God you got it out of the <laughs> way before no the pandemic. I know. Right?
1: And so, um, was with my family a lot, and then I started dating uh, another comedian who's based in Madison last fall. So, we kind of based out of here for the last year as I worked on scaling my business. So, excellent. And I've been bouncing to LA when needed, and Chicago, and Austin, and we just did a Florida tour, and so oh, nice. it's just been working out because everything is virtual now, and so it's sure. kind of you can kind of be a floater, and it doesn't really matter.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> I know there is a sense of 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 the many, and obviously these conversations happen over and over where we all say, "I'm not saying that COVID is good." I feel like that's a... Yeah, you always have to blanket that. You always say it, even though we all mean it and we all feel it. There is no Mm -hmm. person who's going to be like... And I only see good about COVID. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you still feel like you have to say it. But there is, there has been that sense of so many more of us than we ever had before all at once feeling this sort of wild flexibility in terms of location and... You know, in some cases, it was hard because we still felt like we couldn't leave our homes. But in other cases, as things loosened up a little bit and we could travel more, and, you know, everybody sort of has a different relationship to this pandemic and what's possible and what your privilege is. Yeah. all that kind of stuff being said. um it, 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 there is something very exciting about, wait, so i I guess I could. Like many of us could work remotely. Yeah. Many more of us than we were kind of allowed to think because of the way our, you know, the the structure of corporations and stuff like that. Um,
1: Yeah. Everybody's become more flexible. And, you know, I'm just trying to be smart. It kind of dawned on me once the pandemic hit. I was like, okay, I'm going through a breakup. Um, I don't have any physical hard assets like I'm building a company. I got to be smart. I have to redo everything that I, when you move to LA and you're an entertainer, people do not train you what to do with your money and how not and when. Never. And it's just pay a ridiculous amount for rent and accept that that's the way it is and own nothing yeah. and voila, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I have to do, I have to do things smarter. And that way, when I go back to LA, I want to be able to have property and I want to be able to do things Yeah. I want. That's so cool.
0: That's so cool. And also, I mean, what is your relationship like with Madison in terms of having left and come back? Not to say that you were gone for 20 years and never saw Madison, but um, but uh, but I'm always interested in the different relationships at different ages and different points in our lives that we have with our hometowns, you know. And so because it's such a different series of layers when you are the place where you made all of these memories as a child and as Mm -hmm. a teenager I think that's so interesting to sort of have because you're always touching base with that in a way that you aren't in a place that you didn't grow up or that you haven't lived very long you're always kind of checking in with that but yet you can also have such a different relationship with that place that almost the two aren't touching very much is that been like that for you?
1: Yeah. I'm going to be super candid with you, Please. actually, because um, I prefer that. Uh, I so respect and admire it. And when I left
0: same.
1: Madison, I left to start Second City Chicago, and that was 15 years ago. Yeah. I had, you know, I was 21. I had already done everything that I thought I could do in Madison. I had started to dabble in the arts here but hadn't really gotten into it full-fledged like I did once I got to Chicago. Chicago was like a new birth for me as an adult. Um, So I was in Chicago for nearly five years. I moved to LA in 2011 and so you spend all this time as an entertainer building this roster, building this resume, building this uh, clout, building whatever the, can I swear on this podcast, Absolutely, <laughs> whatever the fuck people think is important or makes right. you look like a big deal. Right. Um, so I had gotten to a place where, you know, I'm working in the LA scene. I feel pretty respected there, um, was in a good place. And, you know, and then the pandemic hit and I was like, um, you know, ha- I finally had the time and the ability to build and focus on this startup. And when I stayed, when I decided to stay in Madison, I came in the fall to just see my family and I wasn't planning to stick around. But like I said, I started dating somebody. And the first number of months were really, really tough being back here. Um, I got in my head about it a lot. Yeah. I, um, you know, allowed myself to accept that story of, oh, you're one of the people that people in LA make fun of. Like you left LA for a little while. So you're just going back to the Midwest, mm, you know, God. that whole thing. Sure, sure, People get really shitty about that I'm stuff. Sure. And, um, not to me directly, but to like outwardly. Yeah. And for me, it was tough. You know, um, I had left my friends behind, kind of started a new life with somebody here and only had their friends to connect with. So I got I spent a lot of time getting having to really combat that feeling of you know of leaving of starting over of being back somewhere that I had already progressed from
0: you kind of sure if you, you in you, yeah. yourself yeah absolutely yeah. and also like just to give yourself the gift also of you, this is not you making that decision in the, a vacuum of everything being normal. You're also doing right. this. You have no idea how, how you really would have felt were it not also <laughs> the most stressful, emotionally traumatic, physically right. scary time for the planet yeah. in terms of viruses. So, you know, you're already, yeah. right. it's like using, <laughs> using that as a metaphor, your immune system is already super taxed. And yeah. then you're also responding to this, you know, stimuli that you're just not, you're not at maximum peak health emotionally because none of us were. How could we be? Right. So, so we went you through this collective,
1: it was like a collective trauma that we all experienced. And just before that happened, three months before, I had gone through my own personal trauma ending a nine year relationship. That's huge. And, um, pe- I, you know, it, it is, it's a, it's a lot. And, uh. And I had to kind of combat that feeling of like, oh, I, I left, I'm doing this, and then remind myself, you're doing a smart thing. You're doing a smart thing that's uh, temporary, and who knows what this is going to lead to if you build your business smart, if you actually have funds put away, and you're building uh, wealth. like do things well, don't just do things because they look good. Right. That was a trap I was falling into um, before my breakup and before the pandemic. I was really, really running ragged, mm-hmm. um, touring, not even always touring smart, just going to go, right. um, not always doing things that were the most lucrative, wearing myself out for the yeah. sake of the appearance of busyness and oh, importance. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't sustain that. And it's like, who cares if people think that you're busy, actually create something and yeah. then, you know, floor people with it later. Absolutely. Instead of- <laughs> Absolutely.
0: And by the by, yeah. like, can't believe I just said by the by. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, you also like some of that is peeling back the artifice of, you know, I. I have a I I feel like I got a good solid handful of some of my favorite people who just left LA not yeah. in any way because they felt like and and to your point like you also <laughs> weren't doing this you just allowed yourself to think maybe that's what it was once you got there and had to deal with like the change got and the hard depression on myself. of like where are my friends you got hard on yourself but yeah. I but a lot of people were like oh I mean again this trauma can put things into perspective and I think a mm-hmm. lot of people were like uh, you know what, LA? I ain't playing by your rules anymore. And furthermore, that includes me not really wanting to be here right now. And I know. you got to deal with it because you ain't all that. <laughs> like you're, yeah. not. They're not the be all end-all. all. It is not the. It is not like staying in LA does not have to be the pinnacle of anyone's career. Anything being in the arts or otherwise. And I feel like mm-hmm. the older I get, the more I'm like. I totally understand why so many actors, when they can afford it, just go buy a ranch and like live in Colorado, Montana, New Mexico, Texas. Mm
1: -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, it's, you know, and the more I'm learning about, you know real estate and wealth and uh, investments, things that people don't teach you when you're a young mm-hmm. entertainer, yeah. they don't teach you where to put your money. Yeah. Like, you know, I just pissed away anything that I made because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. And you know, you have a little bit of an extra uh, amount, you you feel like you should go out and enjoy it, which is fine. But there's this um this economical piece of life I've been teaching myself really since the pandemic, extra hard, but I was starting to a few years before that. And um, yeah, I mean, I just, I I don't find that LA is very conducive to having actual wealth built unless you're already one of the, you know, one of the 2%. And so um, it's just a tough place to get ahead and actually own yeah. Things. And that's like
0: a great that's that, I mean, there's it's a frustrating but liberating fact to come to terms with, I think. And, yeah. you know, it's like if whatever and we all have our differing. I mean, I my love affair with San Francisco had a lot of bumps in it. And mm-hmm. eventually I ended up leaving. I still love it. But it's going to have the place that you live should have the texture of a marriage or some kind of long-term relationship or long-term friendship where it doesn't, it's not going to look the same from day to day. And there may be a time in one's life when it just, that stuff doesn't feel like it matters. And then it's also okay to go, ah, I've changed and the landscape for me has changed in kind and now I need to focus on this other thing, you know?
1: Well, and coming back to something fresh isn't always bad. You know, the way I kind of have talked about it with friends, I miss my friends there really a lot. But, um, you know, we do FaceTimes, we call, I'm going to be back in LA in like two weeks. You know, it's it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Yes. So I can, the flexibility that I feel and when I'm in a right headspace to appreciate it in its fullest. Yeah is I can literally be anywhere whenever.
0: (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Are
1: you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's 2 in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your... News Overload, available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We're dancing around it because I have more information uh, about it than the listener has. Will you tell, why don't you tell everybody more about kind of what you've been working on and like, Yeah, you
1: know? Yeah, I will. Um So I had always... I'd always been very entrepreneurial in entertainment. I started my first production company back in 2013. It didn't really like do much, but I learned a lot from it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I'd always known I wanted to have a startup. I had watched, you know, Shark Tank religiously for years, I'd gotten Inc. magazine, and uh, just was kind of in the know of the entrepreneurial lifestyle. And um, when... When I split, when I was about to split with my ex-fiance, our wedding was canceled. So I shot my comedy special then. Um, so that was one way of me turning one traumatic situation into something positive. Sure. I tend to do that. Yeah, um, I tend to at least do that as a band aid for myself. Mm. I don't. Mm. I don't always deal with what's actually happening inside of me mm. with that. Mm. Um, I'm still dealing with some of those things. Yeah. You know. Um, But in that moment, it was a good way of me to to say, hey, everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Let me make other people feel as good about this as they can. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let me make myself feel better about this. This thing is falling apart. Let's turn it into something. So uh, similarly, when me and my ex-fiance actually split, which was a few months after. It was like a kind of a slow trickle of a breakup.
0: Yeah. As many, I was going to say, I mean, the longer the relationship is yeah. often, unless it's some huge event where someone finds out something about the other or, or you know, yeah. and even then, not necessarily, it, it it can be that sort of, it's tough. I've yeah, been there. Yeah, it, it's
1: tough. And so um, we split in January of 2020, like right after the holidays and um So that's when I was sitting up one night and I went into our wedding registry and I was drinking wine and I recreated it as Natasha's marrying Natasha. And I was going to I was going to send it out to everybody. I jokingly sent it out to a couple friends Uh because I was like, I need this stuff more. I'm moving out. I'm losing everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a really smart idea. And so I went to Palm Springs that next weekend and talked with one of my one of my friends. He's like 15 years older than me. We've been friends for like probably about that amount of time. Yeah. And um, he was like, Natasha, this is very smart. He's a businessman. And he's like, you should do something with this. This is really, really genius. And I didn't know where to begin because my connections are in entertainment. I was like, entertainment, they don't fund your stuff.
0: Who's going to fund something like this? I
1: I better fund it myself. So when the pandemic hit, I was touring in New York and Chicago. So I just took my flight from New York to Chicago and just had my parents pick me up there from Madison. Yeah. And, uh, went home and I was like, what am I going to do if the world actually does shut down for a while? Sure. And, uh, I decided to take all the money that I had in my savings and work on building this company. And so I spent 2020 working on it. Um, had a couple cool things happen in that time. I had, uh, done a lot of virtual zoom shows, comedy shows. And this, uh, couple that was part of my yoga class that also went to zoom was coming to those zoom shows and they gifted me. I didn't even know them in person. Um, they gifted me their home in LA for five months while they were away. So I was able to live in this beautiful, beautiful, vast house. Um, And save during that time.
0: Oh, that's great!
1: Make money on other projects and just reinvest into this. Like they are the reason that I one of the big reasons why I was able to get this off the ground the way I did. It's like the
0: old days when it was like, (laughs) yes, uh, Frederic Chopin is staying with us Mm. at our summer villa, and he's composing his Etude, and we're his Mm -hmm. benefactors. Like it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was really cool, and uh, so I ended up having that really beautiful space that was very centering it was just nice to be able to have that time to focus and figure out my own path as an entrepreneur so i put in about 40 or 50 grand probably in total getting this web app built yeah and uh, it launched in april the day after my special dropped oh, so it's beautiful. called my but it's right. <laughs> great, <That's> great. <laughs> So it just both things, both my special and my startup were built of some some really tough, um, you know, traumas in my own life. And, yeah. Um, and hopefully have been built to be able to help other people deal with the same or similar situations. you know? Yeah.
0: I love it. I mean, and I'm sure this has come up before and. Please know that in no way am I like. I know about this idea because of Sex in the City. That is not what I'm saying at all. But <laughs> that where, episode where she, where she like, Guess what registered I'm not for the doing. one thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm glad that there's something that is representative of that feeling in real mm-hmm. life because there wasn't. Yeah. And that's yeah. a very inspiring episode for many people because, especially in these days, so many women. Not to exclude men, but so many women uh, have been societally conditioned to feel one way, like a certain mm-hmm. generation or several generations, I should say, are, you know, we've been conditioned to feel one way. And then when those things fall out of focus or break up or whatever it is that happens, there's this sense of like, oh, where's my value now? Or, you Ultimate know, failure, is it, yeah, disappointment. I guess, I guess you celebrate these things, but if they don't happen, you can't celebrate anything, yeah like that's those yeah. are the things you celebrate everything else is off the table, right, so I think that's so cool
1: yeah i you know I love it, and I'm proud of it, and it's it takes it takes a lot of money to scale a startup, so I'm still you know bootstrapping my way through that um but if I'm smart and continue to do it the way i want um i I have some people interested in investing, but I want to build it to a certain point so yeah. that I can. Secure an investment without watering myself down too much. Sure, so sure.
0: Um, that's like yeah. That's like a that's a good, but that, that is a b- kind of balance line to walk, right? Doing yeah. doing that kind of thing is people really think you always just take
1: money exactly. But you just you can't just take money. Yeah, it's not just money. You yeah, know, yeah. The amount of investment that was on the table or that is on the table is um, significant from a couple of VCs. But, um, you know, and people that don't know this kind of thing are like, well, take it. You know, you'll be a millionaire. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't be a millionaire. My company would be an indebted millionaire. Right. To potentially (laughs) somebody else's
0: idea of what your brand is. and
1: Well, and somebody doesn't just give you money. They expect return. And they also take equity. So it's your, you know, it's my thing that I've invested my time and energy in and it's my brainchild and my baby. So, um, so you have to be cautious, you know, you have to be cautious about, uh, how you go about business and what you just accept. So I'm trying to just get it, to the right point to, you know, accept that and feel good about it. Yeah, um,
0: <laughs> absolutely. I totally get it. Well, and two, yeah. you are this very creative spirit as well. And so I do want to ask like, when you were a teenager, did you feel like you had those two parts of yourself? Of, of course, there are a million other parts. It's not half and half. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being a because you know, I'm sure you've joked about this too, but like being an entrepreneur and being a, a an artist or a comedian or a theater you know a, a theater major or what have mm-hmm. you, those two don't always go hand in hand. To your exact point, and that's taken advantage mm-hmm. of in Los Angeles because it's like, ah, you don't know anything about this. Just pay your rent and get get on stage, and like, yeah, that's all, that's all you should be thinking about. When dance, you were, dance, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were a teenager, did you feel pulled in those directions as well?
1: Totally. Um, I, I've i always, every type of test I've taken, I'm 50-50 right and left brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I am equally as creative as I am analytical um, and uh, detail-oriented as I am aloof. And my way of organizing is my own way that a lot of people may not understand. <laughs> <laughs> and the way I remember things is very specific, too. Yeah. And it just, you know, I've gotten it cleaner over time but it just works for me um so when i was in when i was going to college i was an honor student i was in you know 4 and um so i felt the need to go into medicine hmm. so i and i was actually embarrassed about my love of performing hmm. um I performed in high school, um, in dance and in choir and in middle school. I was in dance and creative stuff my whole life. Um, but as an adult, it seemed like, Oh, you're not supposed to do that. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so I got to college and I kind of secretly had, um, a minor in theater. <laughs> it wasn't like <laughs> secret, but I played it you're off to my about it. roommates yeah. as like, Oh, just, you know, I didn't know what else to throw right. in there. Like it made it <laughs> I didn't like yeah. admit it. <laughs> yeah. I totally got uh, it. My major was medicine, so I was either I was really looking into um I, I really liked psychology. I was really into the idea of being a brain surgeon, believe it or oh, not.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Um, but that seemed like way too much work. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so Agreed. I was um I was studying uh sports medicine um that was kind of the the focus I was going to take yeah I left school after two years so I didn't get too deep into it yeah. but um and theater I was just in love with and that's when I got told to check out improv yeah so once I had kind of gotten enough of college I googled improv uh, <laughs> and Second City Chicago came up and yeah. I was
0: gone yes so indeed.
1: Yeah, I love it. I mean,
0: yeah, I just cannot imagine there are that many medicine majors theater minors. I that has got to oh, be such I'm a sure. rarity, you know.
1: But I actually do find a lot of comedians that I know um were were very business centric mm-hmm. or um or marketing or or they were doctors or they were lawyers yeah. or, you know, um a lot of people that are in the creative space are really smart and they struggle with what they should actually do to fulfill themselves. And I've been there and I, I, you know, it's going to be a never ending process for sure. Right. Um, That's why this, you know, brainchild of mine feels like it satiates me in a number of ways. It's like creative and fun. And I got to create it myself with my developers, but it's also very, I'm learning new lingo. I'm learning how to speak to developers. I'm understanding how a business is built and how venture capital works and how investments work and how shares are broken down and how your company uh, vests over time. Like shit that you just don't know unless you
0: have to do it. For sure. Um, Most of what you said. And I own a business and most of what you said, I still am like, mm-hmm. Yes, I've heard all. I've heard all of those tech. words. Yes yeah, indeed. Yeah, tech startups are like I'm learning. I've been like a
1: sponge, just trying to take stuff in and yeah. understand what I'm actually doing. The beauty of it is my biggest kind of fear heading into this space was that I wouldn't be taken seriously. It's the same fear that I dealt with early in my comedy career. Sure. And in my entertainment career, like Who's going to actually think that what you're doing fucking matters? And yeah. does anybody care about you anyway kind of thing? Yeah. Um, but
0: don't you find that, I mean, well, my hope would be that because sometimes people in that world are like, oh, my God, like, you're also a comedian. That's so cool. That's what right? happens. You so think I, the thing that's going to be the thing that, that you know, you get you points marked off is a thing that mm-hmm. people are excited about because it's fresh. It's that's, a different perspective. It's creative. I
1: leaned into, I fully leaned into in this space, being okay with not knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Asking questions if I don't know. Yes. Getting a broad perspective from other people, because it doesn't matter what you work in, everybody's got a different idea of what you're supposed
0: to do. Sure, sure. So
1: you take it all in and you decide for yourself what seems to be the
0: right move. Yeah. Um, Also, people like when when you ask them how to do something. Like. It's people it feels good for you yeah. you know if you're willing to say like I don't know this you really seem to I respect you and I respect your point of view can you answer this for me usually if it's a good they person love right, answering then you your feel shit. yeah then you're then they, they feel it. like a mentor and mm-hmm. that's a win also you know
1: Yeah I I ask people or I genuinely say I don't know what that term is that you're talking about can you explain that then they'll explain it and I'll be like oh I have heard of that okay right. now I understand thank yeah. you Um doesn't make you stupid it actually no. makes you more lovable if you're able to ask and able to accept that you don't know everything. Yeah. Which feels Um, like an improv
0: thing does feel like improv (laughs) helps? Exactly. It does teach you to fail. It does teach you to think on your feet. It does teach you to be humble. Use your team. A hundred percent.
1: Lean into other people. Let them set you up. Um, When I, I also, because I've pitched TV series and I create media kits for myself for years. So when I created my pitch deck for my startup, I mean, I did like 20 different renditions and yeah. when I submitted to, I submitted to pitch to this big VC fund that backs a lot of women ventured or women founded startups, yeah. um, they rarely take pitches. When they do, they tell you to not try to reach out to them. They take maybe 1% of Whoa.
0: their pitches in okay. interest.
1: So it's like probably 0. 0.0 to 5% of the companies that apply yeah. even get through. So when I did my pitch, it was like four minutes that I got. They accepted me as a pitch person. I pitched virtually back in June. Um, the I didn't even make my deck to be funny. I just made it about what I did, yeah. about my story, um, about that I created this. And I got a lot of buzz around um, the canceled wedding thing and this whole like trajectory. And they were laughing so hard during my pitch. Awesome. And I was like, what are they even laughing at? What are they even like? It wasn't even meant to be funny, but they were just That's like, amazing. we've never seen somebody be able to just spin something into such like a a cool yeah. public facing story. That's great. And so um, then I did my pitch and, you know, just didn't expect to hear anything. I thought it was good practice. Sure. Two weeks later, I get an email from them oh. and they're like, "We we want to we want to invest in this. Ah, and and uh, cool. so I've been talking with them for a couple months and um, just trying to figure out what the move is. Um, so I'm, you know, and I really love the companies that they've invested in. Yeah. These specific two women and their their VC firm. And so um, I'm just hoping things go the way they're supposed to. That's all you can. Sure, sure. <laughs> but
0: you've done all the work. Like, you're doing the work. You know that you're doing all the work. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So beyond that, like, that's the hardest feeling is when we feel like, oh, should I have or could I have? Or, oh, I didn't, yeah. I wasn't all the way into wanting to, you know? And mm-hmm. it's so clear from talking to you that you're, you're breathing this. You're eating, sleeping, breathing this. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Like, I fully have so much admiration and respect for that because... Mm-hmm. It's because when you love something, you also just kind of want to do that. You know, like you, yeah. you just find yourself wanting the hunger for information continues, like the enthusiasm you find, you have more energy from places that you would not have mm-hmm. that same energy if you were like studying for, you know, a medical exam.
1: Like exactly. you would feel
0: like, oh, I, I guess I have reservations in my body and mind that are only <laughs> reserved for something I'm passionate about and I cannot yeah. ask, access them any other way at any other well, time.
1: And it's funny too, when you're a founder, people will tell you like, oh, you should really talk about this and your numbers and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, literally nobody has asked me about that. People want to invest in this because of me and my story. And, um, and so they're investing in me as a founder, not in the fact that I've blew up and made a million dollars, which I have not. Uh I mean, it's, you know, I take a small piece of like affiliate partners, but now I'm building out a larger scale partnership with a um, large hotel chain for wellness and travel. Um, I do all this myself. I've always done this myself for like tours and the way I partner with people. So, um, so I feel like I'm on the right path and I'm just taking it in stride. And, you know, I, I really, truly mean this when I say I want to Build something that's actually good, not just the appearance of something that's good.
0: Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun.
1: Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag.
0: That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about uh, this go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. And okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. For this mash game, the first category. This is going to be a, a little. Uh, this is going to be like a final window into teenage, uh, teenage you. Um, yeah. So let's say for our first category, let's do three bands, singer-songwriters, whoever that you were super into as a teenager. That we're sort of giving you a relationship with now, to where you're like, oh, I go to their shows and I just slip backstage and like it's amazing and they love me. And it could be even in this alternate universe, it could be people who've passed away. I, I don't care. It could be anybody. It's just well, like this cool relationship that you now have with these these musicians.
1: So, when I when I was a teenager, my biggest three band. You said three, yeah. I was obsessed with Ludacris. Amazing. <laughs> Love it. Obviously, Britney Spears. Great, great, great. And God, who would have been my other? I, the first concert I ever went to, the first secular concert I ever went to, I was brought up Christian, so... Oh, did
0: you go to a lot of Christian music concerts? Oh, my God.
1: Michael W. Smith. Oh, uh, my God. Amy Grant. Yes. Oh, all my all my earliest concerts were, were that. That's amazing. Um, it's so specific. That's such a specific
0: <laughs> experience to have as a young person. Oh my person. god,
1: for sure. Um, so my first secular concert was Backstreet Boys. So I really did. I Delicious. really did love Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears, legit. But I, uh, Ludacris, was kind of my un.
0: This unexpected. Is great. This is great. No, this is really great. I love the idea of you partying with any of these people. It's fantastic. This is what this is for. It's great. Okay. Uh, next category, let's do three places in the world that you could, would have a vacation home if, you know, and it's almost like we can teleport you there so you don't have to worry about, like, long flights or anything. Three oh, yeah. Three places in the world you have a vacation home.
1: Um, St. Croix. Great. I go there every year, Wonderful. and it's my favorite. Um... Malta great I like islands but I also like being close to a lot of culture yeah smart and hmm, I guess somewhere in the Philippines Mm, great I love the I've never been but I think it's beautiful there
0: yeah me too and I feel like I need to go I'm tired of only going places where someone asks me if I want to go. (laughs) I know. It's okay to just book a vacation and go somewhere, Janet. You don't have to have a work reason. Right. Um, Okay, next category. Three foods that in our reality, perhaps you're allergic to them or they're just so sugary. It's like I couldn't get through this shit I could eat as a child. Now I'm Mm -hmm. like, I want to eat three Twix bars, but I absolutely (laughs) would throw up um, and just don't even do it anymore. So this is like removing all of that from all food. It's all the same level of healthiness. Like no cows are harmed, even if you're eating beef. Somehow it's all this sort of magical uh, (laughs) process. Three foods that you would love to have at the snap of your fingers in perpetuity. It's not the only thing you're eating, but there are three things that, you know, we can always give you and you can have it and no ramifications will occur for you or anyone else.
1: I love homemade habanero hummus. Great. I have a specific brother's company that I love at the farmer's market by my old place in L.A. Awesome. Um, I could eat that shit all day long. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, any sort of stuffed burger. I like to do um, goat cheese stuffed burgers. Yum. I do eat those all the time, and I don't care about the ramifications. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> And then my third would be oh, um, the Frosties. Are those from uh, Wendy's? Oh, yeah. I think it is.
0: A Flurry? No, those that's are a, so, yeah, the McFlurry. Is they're there so McDonald's. delicious. I, Great. You
1: can't replicate that flavor with anything that's not actually that. Yeah.
0: Beautiful beautiful okay great all right next category uh all due respect to the man in your life at present this is mash uh three people (laughs) that you like to have some sort of romantic sexy times with uh in this alternate universe it could be uh uh, you know an actual person it could be a character in a book character in a film tv show whatever okay from any
1: era um (laughs) there is a, is this Patrick Rothfuss? It's only, I've only read two fantasy series in my life. Sometimes I like to, you know, detach and do that. Sure. Patrick Rothfuss wrote a character, you said a character in a book, and I was like, oh, this would be, um, this character Quoth, I think is the way you pronounce his name. Okay. Um, is just pretty fascinating and magical. Be cool to hang out with him. Great. Um, My... High school crush as an actor was Jay Hernandez. Okay. Never wait, met him. Wait, who's Jay Hernandez? he I'm I don't even know what know. he's been in in a while. I think he was in, I think the last thing I saw him in was Bad Moms. He was the love interest of um, Mila Kunis. Okay, okay. I'm
0: going to have to look at Just a J, cute, he's J8. just a cute
1: guy. Yeah. Um, he seems like sweet. Um, who else do I think would be cool? Obviously, George Clooney. I mean, he oh, just yeah. seems... Like... I mean, come on. Come he on. just seems rad. Yeah. I can't Maybe if... it's all a farce, but yeah. I think he's pretty funny. I can't
0: remember if I told the story before, but before I had even moved here, I came down here to work on something with a friend who was, like, a commercial photographer, and um, we the wrap party for this commercial shoot was at the Sunset Marquee, and at some point, like, everyone else had sort of left, and... I was just there with with a friend of mine and and it became clear that George Clooney was there and it's this very very small bar and he had this girl with him and I think he was really drunk and she was really drunk she was sort of she was like come on George George and he was like I'm not trying. and but he she was so adorable even though he's drunk but it was that feeling of like I mean it was a small bar it was like There were five people in there. Do you know what I mean? And (laughs) And that feeling, that very L.A. feeling, especially for someone who, like, I had not even moved down here, so it was, you know, could have been 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. The feeling of, like, it doesn't matter how physically close he is to me. I'm never going to say anything like he I might as well I know he might as well be at Lake Cuomo like the proximity yeah. is not changing the dynamic of his mm-hmm. level of stardom you know what I mean yeah. it's just a feeling of like because I would never approach someone and be like can I just get a picture with you like ever that just feels no, like God I, no it just feels I, like a nuisance do you know what I mean but yeah. it's like, oh this doesn't totally. matter it doesn't matter how close I am it's still George Clooney yeah. and I'm still me so this is not happening I've never
1: like I have all <laughs> <laughs> just never found people to be so i'm not floored by a lot of people like i just don't really care i just yeah. not to say i don't care but i'm not like starstruck um it also helped when i first moved to la i worked at the four seasons oh for yeah a so while. you saw some shit. Oh, i've seen everybody yeah. <laughs> and i know all the shit about everybody's life that is possible to know financial emotional yeah. uh relationships oh, uh, i yeah. know everything and so it Just kind of like made everybody seem
0: human, whatever. As hell. Yeah, <laughs> broken, yeah. human, weak. Yeah, frail. It just. Yeah.
1: It and it just um you know the idea of celebrity. I've my my ex used to work for this really big photographer, and so you know I spent years kind of going to these high profile parties, which I fucking hated. I hated them every time, and yeah. I just stopped going after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just didn't like the air of people in that kind of place or no. like the clawing to get at oh, somebody kind of
0: I couldn't over agree the more. shoulder looking
1: at couldn't somebody. Couldn't
0: agree more.
1: I just didn't like it. I You couldn't have a genuine conversation with somebody who's waiting for the next big person to walk through the door. Yes. But I won't say who this celebrity was. But it was a very big celebrity in the ilk of like a Beyonce or something. Yeah. Um, who was just like um, stuck in this little roped off area away from the normal people and I remember catching some glimpse of this person and thinking wow they can't like just like they they have lost the ability to just be around normalcy it's kind of a weird idea that I honestly do not idolize Agreed. um
0: because you 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 change every normal situation into an abnormal situation for everyone around you, so you take that with you wherever you go, unless you're someplace so obscure that no one knows who you are. Otherwise, yeah. you will never be able to just have that because everyone else, unfortunately, bless their hearts, will make sure that you're that you don't get a taste of just like yeah. what it's like to be in a, the real world.
1: They're either going to grovel or judge. Yeah. You know, if you're in a bad mood, judge. If if you're not they're oh, is, yeah. is everything OK? That's so you know, intense, it's so intense,
0: isn't it? It's so It intense. really is.
1: There's just a way, you know, when I when I look at people that I really look up to, like I always use Tina Fey as an example, like she is awesome she's a household name because of the thing that she creates yeah. and uh she can live her life totally. and she's not this like um publicity hound yeah. and um there's just something really special about that you know agreed
0: agreed well yeah they feel like if you, it feels there's a I sense of a authenticity little, to it that just feels yeah. like it's very attractive I feel like to i could meet like her in and the and grocery me. store totally you know and i think that is why yeah. a lot of people like living places like new york or places where yeah. there's a sort of understanding like somehow the culture has adapted to be like you know what 50 percent of us actually are going to treat you like a regular person even if we yeah. know who you are like maybe you understand even the appeal of that maybe <laughs> if you're famous <laughs> maybe <laughs> even less. shittier maybe if you're even famous. a little shittier agree which
1: i think is great yes. like not you know not like great to be treated shitty but yeah. um who cares yeah. you know just do what you're doing
0: absolutely nobody
1: needs to be like
0: yeah, just take care of your stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of living in a an abnormal or fantasy world, give me three movies that you can jump into and just hang out in whenever you want. It's not that you're reliving. Oh my the god! Plot. It's just like I'm just favorite. In that place.
1: Favorite is uh uh yeah. sweetest thing. Great. Favorite movie. Great. Um, it's so whimsical and absurd yeah and um, it's like it's
0: just a series of really funny sketches with funny girls yeah. in it do you know what I mean yeah like, it's, it is it's, it's very close yeah it's great
1: so whenever I'm feeling a low I jump into that um uh, <laughs> um my best friend's wedding great. is one of those for me as well absolutely I love that they just break into fucking song yep. in that movie and it feels yep. normal to do yep um and then the other one would be while you were sleeping oh god I love that movie I reference this talk movie. About
0: that movie. I'm excited that you're talking about it because of most people, that does not come into play that movie for them. Is so
1: good, it's so they're,
0: good. The scene
1: where they're all having Christmas dinner mm. and the mom keeps cutting in with the commentary. These mashed potatoes are so creamy <laughs> because everybody's just talking shit and angry. Yeah, and there's yes, it's such. A, oh, it's, it's one so of the good. best scenes I've ever seen. It's so it's good. I mean, so it good. is.
0: Primo Sandy Bullock, yeah, in the best way, and Primo Pullman, like, oh my God, Primo, they're so good, Mo, both of them, and they're also so Peter good. Gallagher, who plays like the best rake. I mean, he's just such yeah. a what a such douche, a douche. <laughs> totally <laughs> such a douche, <laughs> totally, totally. But uh, he's like so dumb about it that you like you don't even hate him. You're yeah. just like, what I idiot. know. <laughs> yeah, he does because he plays it just himboy <laughs> enough that you're like, oh no.
1: Yeah, no, no, no.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's great. I'm so glad I might have to revisit that because that is such a great movie. There's another one like oh. that that I'm trying to remember. I can't remember what it is. I'll have to email you because it falls into that same category of like me loving it and no one else knowing what I'm talking about. It's I can't remember <laughs> it. it's it, 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 it's it's Annabella, Annabella, Ciara and um, Matthew Broderick and they are and they, and a few other people and they all. They all sort of co-op a a really nice apartment in New York, but they can only be there like one night a week because they can only afford one night a week. So like they rotate (laughs) in and out. Um, Oh, interesting. And then they, the night we never met, the night we never met. And like, so Annabella go oh, you have to watch it. It's adorable. Jeannie Triplehorn is in it as this most ridiculous French character I've ever seen. Like you don't realize how funny she can be until you see it. The night we never met. See it. Let me know what you think. It's a charmer. It's a real yeah. charmer. It's very early 90s charmer. Okay. The
1: night we never met. I'm Big writing time. it down. Matthew I have a Matthew Broderick plays that... a chef
0: who works at like Dean and DeLuca. Like he's like he works in the cheese department. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. I'm so Heck excited yeah. for you to see it. I feel like you're going to really, really love it. Okay. Next category. This I've got three left. So next category. Let's do alternate universe careers. Let's do uh, in this mm. alternate universe. You can go... F- Whole hog into this other realm. And we're just going to assume it's, like, mostly the good stuff.
1: So, okay. This is going to sound really stupid.
0: No way. I guarantee it's not. But,
1: like, a travel blogger. (laughs) That's not stupid. Are you kidding? I love to travel. And I kind of do that a little bit with my stand-up tours as it is. Yeah. But, like, to... To be able to just get endorsed and paid to travel yeah. is like a dream. Mm-hmm. I love traveling. Um, not
0: stupid. Not stupid. So,
1: so that. <laughs> um, but you know, I kind of, I kind of find, I needle that into my own stuff as much as I can. Right. Um, another. Hmm, I. Okay. So my first original. Parlay into wanting to be an entertainer. Um, Before I realized that it was going to be comedy, I was really into dance. Great. So, my theater minor involved some dance classes, some theater classes, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. I was dancing for a team called Nonstop Hip Hop at the University of Minnesota. Amazing. Amazing. And I loved hip hop dancing. Yeah. And I wanted to be a fly girl. Oh, fantastic. I wanted to be a backup dancer so bad. I, I was good. Those. I just wasn't quite good enough. Right. But I was, I was honest with myself. But I was good. I was good. I enjoyed That's it so for a cool. while.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, I also love hip hop dancing. But let me tell you something. It would. I it was a long way from good. A <laughs> uh, long way. Okay. And then what's number three? Number three, um, probably a
1: pilot or something. I oh, I started kind of learning how to fly recently. Nothing
0: could surprise me less based on everything we've talked about (laughs) and the stuff you've managed to get going in the last year. I couldn't be less surprised. That's great.
1: So yeah, I like like,
0: uh, flying. That's great. Okay. All right. Uh, next category, let's do three places and times in the past that you can visit. And you're in like a safety bubble. So it's not like you're going to get eaten by a dinosaur or die of the plague. Um, but okay. if there's like an er- three eras that you would love to just sort of like actually get a window in on and go, oh, I really saw it. I didn't read about it. I didn't look at old photographs. I was there and I got to see it for myself.
1: Um, I forget which year this was, but the time where Cubism was coming sure. out. Sure. In uh, Europe, um, I think that was a cool transition yeah. into a very modern approach to art. Definitely, um, so that would have been cool. Um, the Wild West, yeah. Because <laughs> gotcha. like, I'm always curious, like, what people smelled like. I know. <laughs> like,
0: like, what? Did so you, many things.
1: Did everybody just I reek? Feel Is like, that why yes. they were outside all the time? I mean,
0: yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> and. Um, Hmm, would have been another cool time. I guess I've always been really fascinated with um, Mayan culture.
0: Okay, great. Yes, yes. Yeah, talk about some something that would just blow your mind. Like, just yeah. be like, this is so beyond different from my world, but there's so much mm-hmm. sophistication and like, oh, m- it's like a mental technology going on, you know?
1: Between Mayans and Egyptians, I guess that'd be kind of a toss-up. But yeah. when you, like, it really blows my mind the what they were able to do yeah. with pyramids yeah. and the sun and math it's inc- and it's so the stars. Incredible. And, yeah, I was it just is I was at nuts. a science
0: museum and even just seeing a model of what an Egyptian ship looked like to cross the ocean. And then what a ship, like, a thousand years later, and they look exactly the same. You're like, oh, they yeah. didn't improve... Like, that's how advanced they couldn't improve on the Egyptian design really at all for another like thousand years. What happened
1: to everybody? Like, for that chunk of time where there just was no technological
0: advancement. Uh, Yeah. I wonder. It's so fascinating. Okay. And then (laughs) last one. Let's do a person from any era, any time, and any any, any profession really uh that you can we're going to you're going to get to collaborate with so it could be that you write a funny movie with Tina Fey but it could also be that you you know change the world with i don't right. know you know Joan of Arc whatever <laughs>
1: <laughs> number one person Number one person that I want to collaborate with is Neil Patrick Harris. Same initials. Oh, hello. Hilarious. So smart. Now, this
0: this young man savvy. is a dear friend of mine, and I have collaborated with him. So no maybe way. I can get that introduction someday. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. That is a dream of mine. Yeah. That is a huge dream of mine. Um, the next would be not, I mean, not... <laughs> Not Jordan Belfort or Tony Robbins per se, uh-huh. but somebody in that ilk. Gotcha. I guess I'm trying to think of the podcast I listened to. Yeah, a like year a ago. like a
0: like a like a luminary in the kind of health and somebody with a ridiculous backstory kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. a ridiculous Who
0: backstory. Great,
1: turned shit around right, and like right. really did a lot of cool shit and also some terrible stuff too. Uh-huh. I didn't, Tony Robbins <laughs> didn't necessarily do that, but. Um, I just like a cool story of, like, championing the the BS of life. Um,
0: I'm putting luminary in BS of life. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: And then I would have to go with some sort of um, <sighs> philosopher or scribe or so, yeah, something from that, like, biblical era. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to
1: think of who. I guess, like... King Solomon or something. Great.
0: Great. I can't I that I I really hope you get King Solomon cuz I'm like I wonder what they're going to do together. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, uh give me a number between 1 and 7. 4 all right, I'm going to use this very, very uh, advanced technique uh, that comes along with <laughs> MASH, otherwise known as a type of mini, meeny, miny, mo. Um yeah. While I do that, I would love for you to revisit where people need to be looking for you, uh, subscribing, liking, following, commenting, yeah. etc. while I do this. So please feel free to vamp. It won't take me very long.
1: Okay, so my personal uh, website is nphcomedy.com. Uh, You can find me on all socials, Twitter, uh, TikTok, which I barely use, and Instagram, at NPH Comedy. Um, And my startup is MyBreakupRegistry.com. You can find that on socials, at MyBreakupRegistry, or on Twitter, at MyBreakupFund. And, yeah, you can find my comedy special on Amazon Prime Video, which is called I Was Supposed to Get Married Today. It launched in April. It has been going well. There's been good feedback. And that's pretty much the biggins. Perfect.
0: That (laughs) timed out perfectly because I do have the results of your MASH game, my friend. I am very pleased to tell you there's just a lot of different stuff going on here. (laughs) not surprisingly because you gave some great diverse answers Uh, number one I want to congratulate you on your beautiful vacation home in Malta
1: nice where
0: among other things that you can eat and this goes for anywhere anytime you have unlimited habanero hummus at yes, your that's disposal. That's perfect for Malta. Whenever, <laughs> however, there it is. Uh, it's an apartment in Malta. You didn't get a mansion, a shack, or a house. It is a charming apartment in Malta. Uh, you are... I don't, listen, I don't know if you're flying yourself to Malta when you go. I know I said you could teleport, but as a pilot, you may want to fly there. Hell you yeah. may say, this is part <laughs> of my vacation, is flying myself <laughs> to my vacation apartment. So congrats on that. Uh, you can also fly into the movie The Sweetest Thing whenever you want to <laughs> as you can visit uh, the era in Europe as Cubism was coming to be as we're starting to see the very, very different unique take on modern art. Um, see the excitement around that. And that was also when like a bunch of people were all sort of collaborating on stuff in, like, mm-hmm. fr- in Paris and stuff. So I think yeah. you're going to be able to see all of that which Beautiful is very time. exciting. Beautiful time. Uh, you also can... Uh, spend as much of this as you want with Quoth. we think maybe (laughs) i said it right the fake person sweet that's the wonderful (laughs) fake person um who i hope will be on board for all of this craziness up to and including uh your wonderful friendship with your your ongoing friendship with the backstreet boys and the many times you may in fact be hanging out with them backstage at a concert i'll tell you what It doesn't surprise me at all that you're going to collaborate with Neil Patrick Harris, because I feel that he would also get a tremendous kick out of being backstage at a a Backstreet Boys concert. Yeah, it seems like uh, he would. (laughs) We've got NPH squared here. I think that is Mm -hmm. a very good sign. Uh, Furthermore, listen, you know, that's a real person. And uh, that's it's not like, you know, (laughs) King Solomon, maybe not in real life. This time around, this could be, you know. This could happen. Be a <laughs> prophetic, love it. Um, so that is our episode. Thank you so much, Itasha for coming on. This has been so inspiring Thank you. and exciting. And I feel like a little bit of your entrepreneurial spirit has rubbed off on me. And uh, it's I think that's it's like really great for all uh, all of us to hear that we can get more adept and get excited and become successful in avenues of world the world and business that maybe we have kind of shut off to ourselves you mm-hmm. know so yeah thank you thank you so much for having That's me this was so much fun i can't wait to see your teen pictures and yes uh, i'll
1: send them to you okay good
0: everybody else <laughs> i will talk to you next time on the podcast The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, remember when we could save kittens from trees or lunch on skyscrapers?